Brother White, I didn't call you to tell you what I was speaking on, huh? But you hit the nail right on the head when he woke up. Isn't it funny how God works sometimes, amen? We really wants to get a message across to his people, amen? And just like the disciples, there was something new going on in their lives. There was a new chapter beginning, and with newness comes confusion, comes uncertainty, There's a lot of things that come with a new thing, amen? And that's what I want to preach on this morning. It's a new thing in a new way, amen? Let's just open up in Isaiah chapter 43. I've opened up with this before, but it says, For I'm going to do what? A brand new thing. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home. And create rivers for them in the desert. Amen. God wants to make something new in your life today. Amen. So with that said, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time, this opportunity, God, Lord, that you want to do something new in our lives. But God, you want to do something new in a new way. And I ask that as, we, as I speak this morning, that the people be able to receive it in their hearts, Father God, Lord, and just speak to what you want to speak to your people this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. New things are good. I love one of my favorite things in life. And I'm a simple man. If you ask my wife, she's married a, a teenager. I like video games. I like candy and treats. And I love... A new pair of socks. Oh. That's a, go to Costco and I get my little pack of socks. And first thing, groceries on the counter. Took off my old sock. Slip that nice and tight. Just, mm, there's, it's like being in a, like a foot blanket. Well, that's what it is. Sock is a foot blanket. But it's just, a new pair of socks is just exhilarating. You're like, yeah, socks. I love it. I love socks. But some new things in our life can come headaches with a new car can be fun. New cars are great. That new car smell, mm, yeah, driving up, put beep, beep. New cars are great till that payment comes, amen. And that new car ain't so hot. A new house can be great until it starts to settle and cracks start to show. You know that, remember, who remembers that first day of school and you're excited? Yeah, new school. And then the, you get home, I hate school. It's awful. I don't want to ever do it again. And I think the worst for men is the, when the wife or the significant other in your life comes home with that new haircut. And you have to quickly decide, man, do you cut the blue wire or the red wire? It's like a bomb, you know? And it's like, Whoa, you know. We don't, we, we don't, we, I do, I notice, I just want to put that, I notice, but everybody, all the other men, they don't notice, they, I, they can't tell that you took a 13th of an 8th inch off half of this side, and then you did a tapered feather, 16th of an inch on this side, and it just rocked your world. If you don't come in looking like my haircut, then we're not going to notice, alright, amen, but... I just want you to know that God wants to do a new thing in your life. Who wants a new thing done in their life this morning? Amen. And I'm glad everybody rose their hands. They got excited because I'm setting you up. Amen. So be prepared for that. When we look in the Bible, people couldn't get a grip on something new. And we look 
in the New Testament and how the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the people, they were stuck on the law. And the law would set them free because it was their tradition. We can go to Romans chapter 10, verse 4. If we can pull that up on the screen and we can all read it together. And it says, they don't understand that Christ gives to those who trust in him everything that they're trying to get by keeping the laws. He ended all of that, amen? Now, that is not saying that the law was bad. The law was great for the time. It kept the people of Israel in check. We should still obey the laws. doesn't mean you toss the Ten Commandments out. Man, if we would all obey the Ten Commandments, we would live a perfect, sin-free life. That was the whole purpose of it, amen? But we're not bound to that law. And the people in the Old Testament times, they couldn't get by that. They were stuck in this pattern of just... It's the law, it's the law, and I gotta do this, and I gotta, I gotta wash my hands, and the sun has to be set at a certain time. I mean, there was all of these rules and regulations, amen. It was their second nature, and when we start to do that in our lives, um, scientifically in our brains, it's called neural pathways. And with neural pathways is how we develop habits. And have you ever noticed when you drive to work or a regular place that you always go, the same way every single time. If you drive, who drives to church? Who drove here the same way they drive every Sunday? Amen? Because you created a neural pathway. You've created a, a habit. And even if somebody told you there's a different way that's faster, and you would, you would be frustrated because that's not the way you go. Man, I don't care if it's faster. That's not my way. Sometimes we drive to these destinations on a remote control kind of mentality. Um, and, and this pattern occurs, and it's called a neural pathway. And, and that's how these people were in the Bible. They were just conditioned. It was remote control. I got to do it this way. And then Jesus steps on the scene and says, hey, I'll fulfill the law. Check it out. Nobody goes through the Father except through me now. And they're like, whoa, wait, no, it's something new. And it caused a conflict in their lives because they were used to doing it such a certain way for so long in their lives. And, and we call the cop out, as us as people, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. It's the way that God made me. No, it isn't. That's the way you trained yourself. I hate that. That's just the way I am. You might as well just say, that's because I've just settled. I don't want to change. I like being stubborn. See, now we look in, in Isaiah, and he's, he's saying, I want to do a new thing to these, these children in Israel because they're getting ready to be captivated and taken into bondage by the Babylonians. And, and Isaiah's warning these people that, man, man, I want to do something new in your life. I've got to do something new. Something has to be, be done in your life because you're going to be caught in a place. You're going to be caught in this, this desert place that you're not supposed to be in. And it, and it may not kill you, but it's, it's not where I want you to be. Amen. And how many of us, where's my picture of, of a desert plain? I got a desert plain, and so many of us, we, we're in this desert plain, and there's all this sand. You know what? Wait, can we zoom out of that desert plain? That's our pastor's forehead. That was our pastor's forehead. That wasn't a desert plain. A desert plain, it's, it's almost, it's like, 
It's sad when your hairline's a mirage. It's... God, I to get you. If you were here two weeks ago, if you were here two weeks ago, you knew. You understand. The Bible says you reap what you sow. Amen. He just, I just, I sowed it a hundredfold right there. That's your blessing, brother. Amen. Yeah, take that off there. That's scary. That's hopelessness right there. I don't want to preach on hopelessness. Amen. But we see God is calling out. He's calling out to his people. And he's saying, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. And I want you guys to know your whole entire life. God has been calling and echoing in your life. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to just fulfill all of those dreams and all of those things that you hunger for. Amen. But I want to do it in my way. I want to do it new. I want to make it new. And God is just saying, I want to do it. I want to bless you. Who wants to be blessed this morning? Amen. But we see Israel is blocking, is blocking the blessing. And they have put up barriers against this blessing. They have put a, a, a stronghold up that God can't bless his people. And he's so crying out. And Israel's just like, instead of receiving, they're just like, no, 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 I don't want it. Barriers can be so overwhelming sometimes. Who in here owns their own business? We do. I know Jeff, pastor, has his own business. Leonard had a business at one time. There's a, a, a thing that they call when you start your new business, it's called barriers to entry. And it's the things you don't really think of when you start your business, amen? Um, it's your startup cost, and it's technology changing and customer acquisitions and all these things that will prevent you from wanting to start this new venture in your life. There's all these little barriers and hurdles that you got to jump over. Amen. But I want to tell you today that on the cross, Jesus wiped away all of those barriers for us. Amen. That I don't have to have a barrier of guilt no more because Jesus said that he died for my sins and he bore it upon the cross. Amen. And that I don't have to come into this place with shame and guilt and condemnation because Jesus said, I wiped away all the barriers. Amen. Can I have two people to get excited about some barriers that were in their life that Jesus Christ came and wiped them away amen he took that barrier on that cross that blood that was shed covered all of those barriers and he took everything that blocked us from the blessings of God and when he went to hell and he took the keys from the grave and he rose from the from the dead he wiped all of them away that the veil was ripped that we can enter into a holy of holies amen So if Jesus has wiped all of these barriers away in our life, what stops us? What stops the blessing in our lives? It's us. It's our unbelief. It's our unwillingness to relent unto God. 
It's funny, some of us, man, we, we want the idea of a blessing, but we, we, we can't contain it. We got holes in the bottom of our bucket, amen? Some of us, man, we come up here and we pray for peace in our household. God, let there be peace. And two minutes in, you're yelling at your kids right when you get through the door. Did you really want peace? You come up here and you weep before the Lord for your finances, but can't trust God with your tithe. Come in here and you, you pray for God to heal my body and praise God and then you go home and you slump yourself into your bed and sleep the day away. It's your unbelief is what's blocking the blessing. God is, like I said, your whole entire life, God has been trying to bless you. He's been following you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. But it's our unbelief that blocks it. See, even though God is real and, in, and is moving in our lives, If you don't believe, it won't work. And that is why Isaiah is writing to his people in this this scripture because he sees the unbelief in their life and he sees that the struggles and and the the barricades that they are putting up in, in their lives and Isaiah is saying, man, God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to do something new in your life. And even though that you're in bondage, I still want to do something new. And I want to tell you, you can be in bondage and still be blessed. So just because there's blessings in your life doesn't mean that you're free from bondage. Because these people were in captivity. God still blessed them, but they they still weren't where they needed to be. Amen. See... Sometimes captivity, it's comforting. If you look and you read about when the Babylonians took the the people of it, it, they weren't that bad off. They were able to live their lives and do their thing. But they were still not in the place that they needed to be. But God was giving them a word, amen. He was giving them a statement, a song to keep in their heart, to equip them, amen, for that time when they knew enough was enough and they needed something new in their life. They can go back to Isaiah and said, oh, that's right, he wants to create something new in me, amen. Because God's never going to leave you out there all by yourself. God's never going to leave you hanging. I need $5 right now. Look at that. Praise God. Now, what did I tell you when I said it, when, when I gave you this earlier? That I'm going to need it, that, that I'll need it when I call it from you. And that's what Isaiah was doing. He was giving this word to his people and says, when, when I'm going to call, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you out there all by yourself. I'm going to equip you. And you may not understand. Randall just thought I gave him five bucks. I wasn't going to bless you, brother. But he, he, he didn't know what. Five, oh, okay, I, I just told him. All I told him was, when I need it, I'm going to get it from you. And sometimes God lays something in our lap. We don't know what it is and what it's for and why it's going to work. And we don't understand. And God is just saying, I'm going to get it from you when I need it. Because, see, he ain't going to leave you out there all by yourself. 
He will equip you. He's going to give you the tools that you need to receive what he wants to do in your lives. Amen. Never once has God called somebody out and they were ill-equipped to, to handle the situation. It may not have been in their own time. I, 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 I go back to when Shannon was preaching about Shaprach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. And that's such an awesome story. And God could have set them free when they were before the judge. And he could have set them free when they were walking to the fire. But God said, nah, 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 nah. I don't want to do just something, you know, ordinary. I want to do something extraordinary, amen. And when the time was right for it to be something spectacular for him is when the Lord showed up, amen. And sometimes we've got these, these $5 bills in our lives and we have no idea what they're for. I don't understand. When he wants it, he'll let you know. God is saying, I want to do something new in your life. So I want to go back to Isaiah 43, verse 15. If we can go up a little bit. And it says, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. Isn't it? awesome that an unclean people can go and have communications with a holy God. Amen. That we were worthless. There ain't nothing in our life that we can ever do to grant that communication with God except for ask Jesus Christ into our life. Amen. And that a holy God would come down and go, I want to commune with you. I want to be part of your life. Amen. And verse 15 through 16, and it says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a path right through the sea. I called forth a mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses to lie beneath the waves, dead, their lives snuffed out like candle wicks. Amen. Praise God for God moving in my life and taking care of the chariots and the things that chased me down. Amen. That he said, you didn't do it. I did it. Because if you would do it, you wouldn't snuff it out. You would stick it away in a corner and it would rear its ugly head again. But God is saying, I snuffed it out. It's done. It's finished. You don't have to worry about it no more. Amen. And Isaiah is talking about this because the parting of the Red Sea, man, that was, that was Israel's jam back in the day, man. That was like, you ever hear that song? You're just like, mm, 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 mm. you start getting it. You're just like, that's my jam. Who's got a cleaning jam? It's time to clean. I got to put my jam on, amen. But the parting of the Red Sea, that was Israel's jam. That was their song. That's what got them excited. They were like, yeah, I remember that. My great-great-granddaddy, when he crossed upon the sea and he walked on dry land, I remember that. And they get all excited and they get all pumped up. And you remember that time when God did something in your life that extraordinary? And it gets you excited, amen. It gets you pumped up. Makes you want to jump up and shout, amen. Woo! Can we shout for things that God's done in our lives? Amen. Yeah. It's awesome. It's exciting. 
Let's go to our next verse. And what is, what is Isaiah saying in the next verse? What's 18 say? But forget all that. Forget that. I'm going somewhere. See, it's good to forget because so many times God can forgive us, but we can never, ever forget. Amen. And we're the ones that always tow that bondage behind our lives. And God's saying, man, I left that little way, way back. And it's good to forget. Amen. But, but he's talking about the Red Sea and the victory that he had. And then he goes, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's your job. Forget it. This is a little progressive, I would say. But maybe the enemy isn't the biggest barrier in our lives. But it's that we expect to God, we expect God to move the same way he did in the past. Now that's heavy. See, God is saying, remember, remember the ways that I, remember that. Remember how I brought you out. Remember that I never left you. I never forsake you, amen. Remember how he kept you. But forget how I did it. See, because Jesus never once in the Bible, now I'm sure there's many times where he did like a prayer line because there was thousands of people, but the written examples of Jesus' miracles, amen, he never did it the same way twice. One day he's casting out a demon, the other day he's tossing mud in a guy's eye, the next day he's, you know, he's doing all kinds of weird stuff. God never, this is, this is what I'm driving home at right now, God never wants us to be committed to a system and not the source. See, verse 19, if we pull up Isaiah, what does verse 19 say? It says, don't you see it? Question. And maybe because we don't see the new thing in our lives because it doesn't look the way that it used to. Remember when we were, who's been saved, let's say over five years, just raise your hand. I'm not putting anybody down, but I'm just saying. Remember when you were a new believer? When you just first got saved and that grass was greed and you would just read the word, you could turn to the map and Jesus would just speak, you know, out of it. You know what I mean? You would just read and just God would just pour over you. But as you get older, that doesn't happen. You got to dig deeper. You got to go more. You got to, it doesn't jump out the same way that it did. Because God is saying, man, you, I've already done it there. But I want to take you deeper now. Amen. I'm going to have the worship team come up. He's doing something new. Amen. Look to your neighbor today and say, he's doing something new. 
And and this is and this is what I want to this is what I want to show you. See, they were talking about the Red Sea. Remember he brought up the Red Sea and what he did for them. And when he was down and their backs were against the wall and the enemy was raging down on them, what did God do? He split the what? He split the waters. And they were able to walk in on dry land. Hallelujah. And then the waters came down and it crashed down on them. But now in Isaiah. Let's pull that up. Let's pull up the the full verse of Isaiah chapter 18 there. This is where I'm doing something brand new. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? It says, I will make a road through your wilderness, the world for my people to go home. And what? I will create rivers for them in the desert. See, so God, back then, he split the waters, amen. But what did they need? What do you need in the wilderness? You need water. So what God is saying, what held you back in the past, amen, what obstacle stopped you before, amen, is what I'm going to sustain you with in the wilderness, amen. Because he wants to do something new. See, the wilderness, like I said, the wilderness won't kill you. But some of us are in a wilderness setting beyond the sea. And we're still looking for Moses to come down to lead us out. And God is saying Moses was for then. But what I'm going to do in your life today is I'm going to bring the blessing to you. See, I'm going to put the path, amen. See, before I made a path, amen. But now I'm going to bring the path to you in the wilderness, amen. We got to stop looking back. God says that I am the alpha and the omega. But so many times we forget that he's the omega. We just believe that God is the alpha, that he started it, that he brought me out. But we forget that he's the end, that it's already been written. We talked about that on Thursday night. What writes your headlines? And that we found out that your headline has already been written. It's redeemed. It's purpose. Your headline is I've already won. So many of us, we have set up our camps at the sea, at the Red Sea, waiting for God to split the oceans again when he's saying, I've made a path right next to you in the wilderness. God wants to do something new in your life, amen. And he wants to do it in a new way. And just like we talked about in the beginning, 
doing something new can come hardships. It can be confusing. But the only barrier that hangs us up from God doing something new in our lives is ourselves. And I believe God wants to do something new in your lives. And some of you have wasted years praying against an ocean that's never going to split because he's saying, I want to do it a different way. I've already done it that way. But I want to do something new today. I want to do something new in you today. Amen. So if that is you. If you're tired of struggling over the same old things and you want God to do something new in your life, amen. To make a pathway in a wilderness, amen. If that is you today, I just don't hesitate. I want you guys to come up. We're going to have our prayer team to pray over you today, amen. Or maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life that all of this is new to you. And God is saying, I want to do something new in your life because you've tried to do it your way your whole entire life. And the, and the results that you have gotten are frustration and heartache and pain. And God is saying, I want to create something new in you today. Amen. So if that is you, I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to come forward. and I want us to pray that God will do something new in your life. Amen. Praise God.